Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Medicare Agent Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Jacobson. Today, we're talking with Rebecca Levinsky in Vancouver, Washington, about how she built her Medicare agency and why she partnered with a financial planner from the very beginning. She shares her actual Medicare 101 talk that she gives to clients and how she takes complex concepts and simplifies them. Here's a clip from today's conversation. And I've worked really, really hard to try and come up with a way to paint a picture that gives them something visual while I'm talking. So I, again, I write things down, but then I tell them, especially if they're sitting with me, here, do you want this piece of paper? And I would say nine out of 10 of my clients still have that piece of paper and they'll bring it out. I mean, it might be crumpled or whatever, but it's so cool. (laughs) That's just a tiny taste from today's fantastic show. The Medicare Agent Podcast is sponsored by Fair Street. Fair Street is a CRM for Medicare agents that helps them manage all of their clients in one place. You can collect prescriptions, quote and enroll, create custom intake forms, do call recording, and so much more. Go to thefairstreet.com to learn more. All right, let's get started with today's show. Rebecca, welcome to the podcast. We are so excited to be speaking with you today and learning how you work with your Medicare clients and and what your journey has been to this point. Um, So thanks so much for being with us, especially during AEP, which is a really busy time. It's a little crazy, but I got you. Uh, Thanks for being with us. So to start off with, would love to hear your story. Retrace your steps for us. How did you get where you are now? How far do you want me to go? Just kidding. Um, it's actually really, From really the very beginning. Okay. Well, it's, it actually is pretty simple. The story is quite funny. Uh, I think it's funny. I worked a nine to five job and, um, my daughter was a senior in high school and she was on the varsity softball team and their game started at 3.30 PM. I currently was working eight to four. I asked to change my hours to seven to three, just for the whole like six weeks of, of school or yeah, school softball was only going to be maybe six weeks with playoffs and everything. And I said, I really wanted to watch my daughter play ball her senior year. And they told me no, and I quit. So I left. I was able to watch her play. I threw my resume out on Monster. I got picked up by another company. It was, I I don't even like saying their name. They were great teachers of how to sell needs-based insurance. And so I did that for two years. They taught me everything from how to make the phone call, how to get in the door, how to ask the right questions so that you could get them talking to you. And I, and I do owe a lot of where I am today to that process. What I didn't like about what they were is they were also very much, you didn't leave the house without a check. And it was very uncomfortable. It wasn't just insurance. It was everything. So from there, was this Medicare sales that you were doing in that first time? Medicare sales was this, this much of it. It was long-term care. It was annuities and it was life insurance. And Medicare was a piece in the puzzle. Um, I quickly learned probably well quickly. I, I learned in about two years that that was not where I wanted to be. And I was so comfortable with Medicare. I was so comfortable with my clients and answering questions and learning more about Medicare. So um, what drove me to get into Medicare was my parents turning 65. My dad's a couple years older than my mom. So dad will be 80 next year. Mom will be 78 here very soon. So that tells you how long I've been doing this. 
my sister had the financial piece squared away, so I always wanted to be a nurse, so I thought, well, okay, let's do insurance. I don't think anyone really goes to school to sell insurance, so, you know, we joke about that. Insurance may be boring, but I'm not, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure that I am able to explain to you exactly what it is that you want to learn about and I focus everything, as I said before, on you, the client, or the person sitting across from me. Because let's face it, there is not going to be a person that you're sitting across from in the insurance or Medicare world that is the same. They, they all need something different. They are all in different stages of their life. Some are on a ton of medication. Some are on few. Some travel. Some this. And I get, I digress. But... Long story short, from there, I was there for a couple of years. I went to a um, PNC shop, which is property and casualty, so an auto home. They did commercial insurance, and I was the health insurance piece of this company. And I was there since 2010. We went through a couple of mergers. We went through a couple of acquisitions. And then in 2019, we sold to a big box company that is very national. Lots of companies across the world. I can say world now. It used to be across the nation. They are now worldwide. Um, and I thought this was my home. I thought it's, you know, I thought, okay, I sold my company. My business partners were able to sail off into the sunset. They can do what they want to do, which was retire. They are all 10 to 15 years older than myself. I knew I still had time to work, and I love Medicare. I loved doing Medicare. So this company allowed me the opportunity to try it, and then COVID hit, and I really do feel that COVID changed everything. I mean, how many people work now via Zoom or work from home, you know? Um, that happened, so I didn't have my hands in the planning phases of developing a Medicare team. My plan was to develop a Medicare team on the West Coast. They had one on the East Coast. I wanted to be it on the West Coast. I don't know how many people actually understand that while Medicare is a federal program, the individual options and availabilities and carriers and choices are so different on the East Coast to the West Coast. And um, a lot of people don't understand that. So that was a opportunity I felt for me. Right. And so, so you're 2019 business is sold. You're setting up operations on the West Coast to be the Medicare person. COVID happens. It changes completely the way that you're working. But then at some point, you end up actually leaving that company to join forces with a financial planner and start a new venture in the last year. Yep. What was the moment when you realized that that was the logical next step for you? So back up probably five years, um, Bo Caldwell is his name. He's the owner, one of the owners of Price Financial Group, which is where I am at now. Eventually will be Price Insurance Services. I think we've decided that we're going to kind of keep the company together and yet have the opportunity because on the financial side of things with the 401ks, the financial planning, being a fiduciary, there's so much regulation, not that there's so much regulation in Medicare, but there is. But having the, the two companies, I think, will help us be able to expand or grow. What got me to that point was Bo was, like I said, Bo was a huge referral partner of mine. And 
to me, it's to me, it's obvious. Um, but with financial planning, these financial advisors advise couples when to retire, when to turn on their finances, you know, when to go on to Social Security. And one of those pieces is Medicare. And so providing me as a resource in his financial planning with some of his clients over the last five years, that's what built that relationship. And we talked about it. Um, Bo and I actually play softball together. He's on my husband's men's team and we've played co-ed together. And um, we joke about it. It's like, you know, one of these days we're going to work together. And I'm like, we already do. You know, I didn't think anything of it. And the big, huge straw that broke the camel's back with this, the other company that I was with prior to moving to Price Financial. So I moved to Price Financial officially July 1 of this year, which right. so it's been three, four months. Crazy to think it's only been four months. Um, I feel like I've been working on it for probably a year and a half. I knew at AEP last year that I was going to be leaving. Uh, my plan was I wanted to be gone by April so that it gave me April, May, June, and July to kind of do what I've been doing for the last four months, which is get organized. Instead, I get thrown into, you know, the frying pan, literally, because in July is when AEP opens up, and then all the carriers open up for their training, and oh, by the way, you have to get recontracted with everybody to be able to sell. But anyway, that's all stuff that doesn't matter to most people. But partnering with a financial organization is what, it is different. It is different, I guess than where most Medicare folks end up. My passion is Medicare. I love my clients. And I think that's so, so clear to all of our conversations, but I think it's really interesting that, well, one, I also note that softball has been a really big catalyst in your career, whether it was, you know, quitting your nine to nine to five and then making the leap to be self-employed or actually meeting your future business partner and starting Price Financial together. So I think that's really cool. The, the role it that is. softball has played in your life. And um, it just keeps going. <laughs> absolutely. But I think there's something interesting here that not a lot of people understand that financial planning and Medicare go really hand in hand. To your point, it's two sides of the same coin. When you're retiring and turning 65, you're making all of these big life decisions around your finances, but also your healthcare. And it's a really logical coupling of these two services. Um, can you break down how you and Bo work with a client? Who goes first? Is it financial planning and then Medicare? Are you weaving in Medicare throughout the planning process? Just give, give us an example of what that looks like. So I will say a lot of uh, it, it it can go either way. It can it can go either direction. Um, financial planning is something that folks do. Most people get involved with a financial planner probably in their late 30s, early 40s, 50s maybe. So typically I would say the financial piece is there. The next question is, um, you know, are you going to continue working past the age of 65, which is the Medicare age, right? So we've got Social Security opportunity at the age of 62. And so they're working with their financial planner to decide, am I taking Social Security? Am I continuing to work? If I take Social Security, how much can I work? And then something that I even learned sitting with Bo just recently was spousal Social Security. You can take half of your spouse's Social Security 
at your full retirement age and let your retirement continue growing until the age of 70, at which time if yours is higher, then you can start taking yours at the age of 70. So it's this weird nuance that I didn't even know about, that having Bo sitting with me in a meeting opened my eyes to say, okay, I know enough to be dangerous, but I have the expert right around the corner that I can grab and pull in. On the flip side, Bo's kind of doing the same thing. If he's working with somebody who is still working, do they go on to Medicare? What are their options? Why would they choose to go on to Medicare or stay on their group health plan? Um, I just received an email probably an hour ago from a, a lady whose husband is turning 65 in February. They want to understand what that looks like. And so I get to... I get to educate, which is something that I'm super passionate about as well, is just making sure that, hey, I'm going to give you all these little nuggets of information. I'm going to make sure that you understand all these little pieces enough so that when that time comes, you say, I remember Rebecca saying something. Let's call Rebecca and ask her. And so hopefully if I tell this family information in February when Rick turned 65 and I've told him he's okay to stay on his group health plan, but he knows, am I really, is it, is, Rebecca told me something and I don't quite remember what it is. I love those phone calls. Rebecca, I know you said something, but can you tell me again? And I'm like, absolutely. I would love to. Right. I know that you love educating and sharing this information because it's so it's one so important, but two very few people know how to navigate this really big change. You know, that is a a very common question that a lot of people who are working past 65 have, which is should I stay on my group health plan or should I go on to Medicare? How do you approach that conversation? Like what are the types of discovery questions that you're asking to help someone make that decision? Great questions. Um <laughs> So I would say I start out the conversation with you tell me what your goals are. So I want to know, are we talking about I'm going to continue working for another three or four years? Am I working because my spouse is a couple of years younger than me and I'm concerned about insurance for her or him? So asking their goals, one, is super important to me. And then I always, always take every opportunity I can to kind of do my Medicare 101 or my 30,000-foot overview level discussion of what is Medicare. Because people think of Medicare and they're like, it's just the federal government and insurance. And I'm like, but there's so much more. And I want to make sure that you understand all the different pieces of it. Now, and I tell them this, I don't expect you to remember all of this. But hopefully some of it will stick in there. And then, like I said, you'll reach back out to me when that time comes. So we go through a lot of questions. I just, I, I take a yellow pad of paper and I start writing things down. And I just write down notes. Do you travel? Here's a question, you know. Where is your family located? What are you going to be doing? Are you going to be working six months out of the year? And then, you know, do you, are you only working to keep insurance for your spouse? Gosh, there's so many, so many questions that pop up. And I think it's a conversation that I have that allows me to understand what it is that they're looking for. Right, right. And I'd actually love to get into this, how you actually work with clients, because you have both such a passion for it and you're so knowledgeable about the space and you make it feel really personal whether you know it, this conversation is unique to the person that you're working with, but at the same time, you have a set of things that you need to communicate that's probably 
generalizable across most of your clients. So can you walk us through what happens in that first conversation? What are the topics you like to hit? What are the questions you're typically asking and what happens from there? So you might laugh, but um, I, again, I'm a yellow pad of paper and I write a lot of stuff down. I write down a Medicare 101 and I can send it to you. I have it on a piece of paper. I might even have it in my phone. I can't remember. But I write down because it's my way of remembering all the pieces while I'm talking to you. So as I said earlier, I think um, we talked about the fact that COVID changed a lot of things. It used to be so face-to-face and so personal, and people would come into my office, and I would have them lined up from 7 o'clock to 7 o'clock, especially during AEP. And now I'm able to do this over the phone, and I've worked really, really hard to try and come up with a way to paint a picture that gives them something visual while I'm talking. So I, again, I write things down, but then I tell them, especially if they're sitting with me, here, do you want this piece of paper? And I would say nine out of 10 of my clients still have that piece of paper and they'll bring it out. I mean, it might be crumpled or whatever, but it's so cool. (laughs) Wow. And so this is a a hand-drawn diagram as you're explaining Mm -hmm. it, and then you'll hand them the piece of paper afterwards. Mm -hmm. Yep. Or I'll tell them that I'll take a picture of it and send it to them if I'm doing it over the phone, because this is, this is the piece that, um, really dictates what choices you have, not what choices I have, but what choices you have. And when we add in the piece of, am I still working? That's kind of a third option, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I can go into my spiel because I feel really comfortable just going into it if you want me to. Well, I was going to ask, yeah, what what are you drawing? Like, what is the spiel? And and knowing that this is a podcast, so we can't see exactly what you're drawing. But walk us through, like, what actually are you telling your clients in that overview of Medicare? So we always start with, I just tell them it's, you know, a 30,000 foot overview of Medicare and what options you have. Um, I tell them right up front that we're not going to talk really numbers, very many numbers. Um, We're not going to talk carriers. We're not going to talk choices. Um, This is very broad. Uh, I could take it anywhere and sit down with someone and feel comfortable sharing it with them. So I always start with what is Medicare? Medicare is broken down into parts. There's part A, which is hospital. There's part B, which is doctor. Part A doesn't cost you anything. Part B has a premium. We talk about what is a standard premium because I have encountered more people that are subject to IRMA, which now IRMA is a it's not a person, but we joke that your friend is going to be Irma for the next few years. And I, I go into more about that and I send them the information directly from CMS that explains the chart. So Irma stands for Income Related Medicare Adjustment Amount. And I explain to them that your Medicare Part B premium is based on your modified adjusted gross income from your tax return from two years ago. Oh my gosh, that's a mouthful. And they're like, well, wait a minute. Medicare A, back to the parts of Medicare. Medicare Part A is hospital. Medicare Part B is doctor. Medicare Part B comes with a premium. We'll just talk about the standard premium that is currently 170.10. And going down, again, another shocker, my first year of hearing that Medicare Part B premium is dropping. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, 2023, the premium's $164.90. That's the standard premium. There are, I think, five levels I know of, very broad, but 
There are so many different levels of IRMA, and it's based on, again, your income from two years ago. So we stop there, and we say, that is Medicare. And then some folks will say, well, but what's Part D or what's Part C? We'll get into that. Let me finish. And they're like, okay. And so I draw on the piece of paper the Medicare A and B up at the top because that is, that's traditional Medicare. That's what you have to sign up for through Social Security and if that's all you have, you're on an 80-20 payer situation where 20% is your responsibility. So then I tell them, okay, we're not going to stop here. We're going to draw a line. We're going to split it down the middle. And you now have two roads or two paths that you can choose to cover that 20% or what Medicare doesn't cover. And they're like, what? Uh, yep, okay. It's two different insurance pieces. They're different. Different is night and day but they are very unique and very specific to the person that's sitting across from me. So again, asking those questions at the beginning of the meeting really kind of, I have in my, in my mind which direction they're gonna go, but I wouldn't be doing a good job if I didn't tell them both directions. So sometimes I'll start one way or the other. Typically I start with a supplement side. I talk about, you have Medicare A and B. And so we always say, okay, we're starting at the top again. We have Medicare A and B. We now have a supplement plan. Supplements are plans, not parts. So you have supplement plan A through N. I focus on the most comprehensive, which is F and G. No, I am not cursing. It's F and G and plan N. So F like Frank, G like Gary, and N like Nancy. And then we talk about what those plans do. F and G cover 100% of all Medicare-related charges. G is something that is available to those that turned 65 after 2020. F is still available for those that turned 65 prior to 2020. Another confusing feature. But G just added a part B. Here we go with parts and plans again, right? So then I say, okay, remember part B is, and they'll say, that was up here. Yep, that was your doctor coverage. So your part B deductible, $233 for the whole year. And they're like, what? I'm paying like a $3,000 deductible. Absolutely. So remember, this plan covers 100%. Basically, what's important is it covers 100% of what Medicare covers, and it follows Medicare. Medicare stays primary, which means supplement plans are good in the entire nation. In any 50 states you go to, you're going to find an opportunity to use your Medicare plan because Medicare is primary, and that's all that the doctor, clinic, or hospital might care about. Then we go on from there and we talk about, okay, if you buy a supplement plan, you have to buy a standalone drug plan. Great. That's part D. Yes, that's part D. Great. Yeah. So a standalone drug plan, $20 to $40 a month is a, you know, if we're just trying to ballpark numbers for somebody. So again, back to the financial planning piece that we talked about. If I'm ballparking that number, I'm telling them that they need to budget $350 to $500 depending on Irma, again, you know, do you have an Irma friend or not? If it's just a standard premium, the best supplement options available in your area, because again, this is back to the conversation earlier, you know, each state is different. Each county is different. Is it a community rated? Is it age rated? Does smoking have anything to do with it? So many different pieces. So again, I'm keeping it as, as broad as I can, and yet throwing in these little pieces that help people understand it or maybe might they might remember a, a little bit of it. So Medicare A and B supplement part D. That's option one. That's road number one that you can choose. 
And they say, okay, there's more. Yep, there's lots more. Let's go through it. But this one will be really, really quick because have you heard of Part C? And they're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what I hear all over the TV. Medicare Advantage plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's that work? Why is that so different? Well, Medicare Advantage plans, the way I explain it is Medicare Advantage plans kind of take the place of original Medicare. They don't replace original Medicare. You still have to have A and B. So if we go back up to the top again and we say Medicare A is hospital, Medicare B, doctor, you have a premium. Now you have Medicare Part C, which is an Advantage plan. Advantage plans can have no two-way low premium. I would say usually under $100 is, is a decent Advantage plan. And many Advantage plans have zero premium. Now you don't get something for nothing, so let's talk about why. Advantage plans, again, become the primary payer. So as I said over here on option one, you've got Medicare, your primary payer, you've got your supplement, which is your secondary payer. With an Advantage plan, that is your primary payer. So whatever carrier you choose, you're going to be able, you're going to see doctors and hospitals in that network. You've all heard of HMOs and PPOs. There are HMOs and PPOs on the Advantage side, not on the supplement side. So with the Advantage plan, you're going to have co-pays for just about everything that you do, maybe co-insurances, and you're definitely going to have what's called a maximum out-of-pocket, very similar to the group health insurance that you currently have today. So they'll talk about, oh, well, that deductible of $3,000. No, no, no. There's no deductible on Advantage plans, but there's definitely a max out-of-pocket, and you're looking at anywhere from six dollars to $8,000 per person per year that you could hit. I'm not saying you will hit, but you could hit. Now, to take the, the, the last piece of this is the Medicare Part D, which is the drug coverage. That's included. So I always say that an Advantage plan is really, truly kind of the all-inclusive resort. Are you the kind of person, you know, client that's sitting across from me, and I ask them this, are you the kind of person that likes to shop for your airline ticket and then find the place to stay? And then maybe you want to go to a nice dinner. So you choose those options and you choose them. That's, that's road number one. That's a supplement with the drug plan. That's choosing the options that you want, where you want to go, nationwide coverage. Or are you like this other person that wants to just pay one price and everything's all included in the plan? That's the Advantage plan. That's the one that is tied to networks. That's the one that's tied to a local area. If you travel, an Advantage plan may or may not be the best bet for you. Um, if you see doctors in different, again, as we talked about earlier in our conversation, East Coast, West Coast, on the West Coast in Washington, Oregon, where I'm at, we have, and I live right on the border of Washington and Oregon in Vancouver, Washington, not Vancouver, BC, Vancouver, Washington, so Portland, Oregon. So we have people that go across the bridge to doctors over there. There's a Providence network or a legacy network or St. Vincent, part of Prov you know, there's so many different pieces that you have to take into consideration. So as I've just spit out all of this information about Medicare, we didn't talk about doctors. We didn't talk about hospitals. We didn't talk about where are you going to go if you have an emergency. We didn't, we didn't talk about any of that because my first conversation with anyone is just to spit up Medicare in their face and say, here you go. Now that we've talked about it, where do we go from here? And that's, I think, you know, really that first conversation is just a 
fact-finding mission for me and spitting facts to them so that they hear some of it. They can pick and choose what it is that might make most sense to them. And then I've even had people recently in during AEP say, that makes so much more sense on what's on the TV. It helps. And it helps me understand, oh, now I know what they're talking about. Okay. Or their neighbor. Oh, now I know what my neighbor has. And now you've really educated someone when they hear a TV ad or maybe get that unsolicited phone call that they are prepared and educated enough to say, you know, I'm good where I am, or at least be able to evaluate what they're hearing on TV and all of these advertisements because it's overwhelming. And it is. I think it's just so helpful to hear the actual language that you use with clients. And it sounds like you're you're sequencing this information, right? It's there's a lot of information overload out there. So focus the first conversation on what is Medicare? What are these two different paths that they can go down? Take time, send them home with that piece of paper. And then it sounds like you're getting back together with your client a second time to actually look at the plans and talk through doctors, talk through prescription coverage, but focus that first conversation on here are the roads that you can go down, which one makes sense for you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And one of the things that I will say, it might be a plug for this company right here, but um, might be a plug for Fair Street since I know some of you might not be able to see me. Um, I will say right after that first conversation, I love that I can go into my CRM, I can put in their information, and then there's a link that I can send them. And they can now fill out their doctor information, fill out their pharmacy information, fill out their prescription information to include dosages, how they take it, how often they take it. Do they do they do mail order? Do they do 90 days? Those are all things that I used to gather manually in that second conversation that now they can plug into a system and I just go to my screen and pull it up and then I can quote directly from there and I can come prepared to that second meeting with options that I might think is the direction they're going to go. And again, I I don't lead. I want them to lead me. I want them to tell me why they want to go down one path or the other. And what is their goal? You know, some of the things that that pop into my head while I'm just talking right here to you is, you know, I'll say things like, um, you need to understand if you are still working and if your company is large, you're fine. If your company is less than 20 employees, well, we got to talk. Oh, really? Yeah. There, there's another rule out there that if your company is smaller than 20 employees, you now need to sign up for Medicare A and B, even though there's a premium to it, in order to stay on the group insurance plan. What? You know, there's that. There's um, talk about if I sign up with an Advantage plan initially, can I ever get back to a supplement? Or if I start with a supplement and then I go to an Advantage, can I get back to a supplement as I age? Because a lot of people understand that Medicare supplement plans, as they age are where they might end up wanting to be. But hey, let's save a little bit of money with these Advantage plans initially. Statistics show in this, I haven't looked up my statistics in a while because half of statistics are even made up, right? But (laughs) I have been told um, by different carriers that with Advantage plans, it's every two and a half to four years, two to four years is what I say. Every two to four years, you're going to have a bad year where you might hit that max out of pocket. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about what that might look like. 
And they'll ask me, what is a bad year? What does that mean? And it could be something, you know, open heart surgery or a knee replacement. I am, I'm blessed and not really, but my mom at 65, so again, when I became a Medicare sales agent, I knew my mom was going to need open heart surgery and two knees replaced. Wow. She literally at 65 had an open heart surgery. At 66 had one knee replaced. At 67 had the other knee replaced. And three years later, I think, had her second open heart surgery. So I knew where mom needed to be, but I can now take that piece of information, plug it into set advantage plan and say, okay, this is how much it might have cost her. And if that max out of pocket is $8,000, it might have cost her $8,000 to have a surgery every single year. So I say, you know, every two to four years, but in my mom's situation, in five years, she had three years where she would have hit that max out of pocket. So it was really important for us to make sure that she had the coverage with the supplement plan because it just made sense for her. But it's not for everybody, and I get that. So my job is to make sure that the person sitting across from me is leading the discussion and telling me what it is that they truly want and need. And then my goal is to enrich that for them. Right. And ask people to consider what can go wrong, which is not a comfortable conversation to have, but is an important question to be asking because at 65, you might not think about what could happen at 67 or 85 or 105, Mm -hmm. but it's your role as someone counseling them at 65 to to consider those outcomes. One last question for you. You are an expert. You have so much knowledge about, about Medicare. How did you learn? How do you keep on top of this information? Where do you go to educate yourself? I don't even know how to answer that. Um, I will say that every year we Medicare agents have to take so much training. And I would say that I've learned what I've learned um, on the job, you know, in general. Um, I pride myself in really getting into my clients' lives and understanding what's going on. I have clients tell me over and over again that they will, they, they've they told people, we got a gal, we're, we're fine. And I don't even wanna hear your stuff because all I'm gonna do is call Rebecca. And that makes me feel really good that I have gotten in their, you know, in their shoes, I guess. And, and I feel like I can be honest and be open and um, educate them. I'll go to Medicare.gov and I'll show them things right on the screen, right on Medicare.gov. Medicare.gov has a ton of information. CMS does an amazing job, Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services, but CMS does an amazing job of helping make sure that we are educated. And then the carriers, the carriers will, you know, we get daily emails. Do I read them all? No. But if there's something that I'm curious about or I need to learn more about, I know I can go to a carrier. I know I can go to you guys. I know, you know, I can ask questions. So I think that's probably the biggest thing is I'm not afraid to ask questions. I am not afraid to ask somebody, hey, I don't understand this, or this might sound silly coming from, you know, a Medicare expert, but hey, this piece, what does it mean? I'm not an expert on DSNP, dual Medicare and Medicaid folks, but guess what? I got somebody about 20 minutes driving time away and a simple phone call away 
That's what they focus on. Great. I don't have to. I have somebody in my back pocket. And I know that asking questions and providing the answers in real terms, I guess, or in real language and real people talk, um, I'm not going to give you a whole bunch of legalese and mumbo jumbo. I'm going to make sure that we break it down and we talk about what can happen, why, and how. And then, yeah, there's there's a ton of rules with CMS, like I was saying, going back and forth between supplement and advantage plan. I learned that the hard way, I'll be honest. I learned that the hard way. I had a client, if we have time for a quick story, um, I had a client that she wanted to save money. It was, you know, she was healthy. She was 65, 66, 67, 68 every year. She's like, I'm healthy. I don't need, I, I'm good. I'm on an advantage plan. I understand it. I get my gym membership. I understand my co-pays. I have my $20 ready to go. You know, I'm, I'm good. And she was, she was golden. And one year she came to me and she needed a hip surgery. And she came to me in the middle of the year. And I was like, well, you know, AEP, October 15th through December 7th, when you can make a change for January 1, so let's talk about it then. But let's, let's, let's dig a little bit. Let, tell, me, tell me more. She was going to a clinic in the Seattle area, Seattle, Washington, and she wanted to get, or she needed a hip surgery. They wanted to slice her open, fillet her out, and do the hip replacement. She didn't want to do that. She had done her Google homework, and she had found out that the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota would do an arthroscopic surgery for the surgery that she needed, which would then increase her, uh, what, her recovery time and all of that, you know, not having to be cut wide open. That's where she wanted to go. She wanted to be on an advance, or wanted to be on a supplement plan. Well, part of the problem is you now need a surgery and it's in your medical records. So guess what? We're not going to get you an approved for a supplement plan. But let me do my homework and let me dig into these other Advantage plans. I was able to find her an Advantage plan that was a PPO plan that provided in-network opportunity. Yes, she had to pay for her travel. Yes, she had to pay to stay in a hotel or maybe she had family over there. I don't know. She went over there and got her surgery. She came and saw me two months later and was like, this was amazing. So there are options. You don't have to have a supplement plan to be able to get services in a different state. But you have to have the right advantage plan to be able to get services in a different state. Right. And the right agent who can help navigate that kind of question, because that is not straight for, you know, one of your clients to figure out, okay, how do I get in-network coverage with the Mayo Clinic? Which advantage mm-hmm. plan is going to cover that? And so that's why it's so important that people work with someone like you, someone that's local and trusted and knows their particular health situation. And I try and paint a picture. That's, that's my whole goal is, you know, they, they'll ask, what is something that might not be covered or why or what happens if? And I'm like, great. I love these stories, you know. I had a client in, in Canada, actually fell in Canada, broke her femur, largest bone in your leg, broke her femur. She was on a supplement plan. I, it was on Thanksgiving. She was oh, up there visiting God. family. I was on the phone the night before Thanksgiving trying to find her a way to get back across the border so that her supplement plan would pick it up because they were expecting her to write a $50,000 check before she got the services that she needed in Canada. Mm-hmm. And we had an ambulance drive from Vancouver, Washington to Vancouver, BC, hop on the ferry, go across to Victoria, pick her up, bring her back. And she had the surgery the very next day, Friday after Thanksgiving, in Vancouver, Washington at Legacy. It was amazing. Wow. But 
Whatever. can't tell you how I got the right person. I just was on the phone trying. <laughs> right. Figuring it out for your client. Mm-hmm. Well, Rebecca, we'll, we'll wrap it up here. This is so fun to hear the different stories of the ways that you touch your clients, hearing about how you talk to clients and educate them. Frankly, I learned a lot as you were walking through your, your spiel for how you talk about parts A, B, Medicare Advantage, Medicare Supplement. So thank you so much for being really tactical yeah. with us and sharing <laughs> all the things that you've learned. Absolutely. Anytime.